Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. If you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. The Meat Eater Podcast is brought to you by First Light. Whether you're checking trail cams, hanging deer stands, or scouting for elk, First Light has performance apparel to support every hunter in every environment. Check it out at firstlight.com. F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. Hey, this is Steve coming at you through my phone instead of through Phil's fancy recording equipment. I'm here to tell you that now is your chance to rock some sweet new apparel from Meat Eater. You got to go to store.themeateater.com and get 40% off your favorite hats, t-shirts, and hoodies now through Christmas. We got new trucker hats with original elk, whitetail, moose, and bison designs by our very own resident genius, Hunter Spencer. We've got those soft, buttery, heathered t-shirts, the kind you put them on, they feel real nicey-nice, like they're you had them a long time, but they're still in great shape, and they're real soft. You know the ones. We got them in javelina fungi and bear-eating-a-fish designs. We've got awesome heavyweight hoodies, including the Bear Grease hoodie. So, t-shirts and hats, 15 bucks. Hoodies, 30 bucks. Get yours now. Again, at store.themeateater.com. I will see you out on the streets or in the woods rocking your new tees and hoodies. On the subject of sharing soap, sharing a bar of soap, <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> Are you familiar with the quote, you can't stand in the same river twice? No. You get it, right? Yes. Okay. Because Who said that? 
just people. The water's just always moving by. I mean, I don't. I bet you it's not. It's so widespread. I bet you it's not. A tr- You'll probably find where someone says that Mark Twain said it because that's what happens with every good quote that no one knows who said it. But you can't stand in the same river twice. Meaning, the water is gone, right? I don't think you can bathe with the same bar of soap twice. You'll notice if you watch one over time, it gradually shrinks. Sure. If you took Her- your Heraclitus, bar of- he did not. Really? Okay. That's the first. Uh, You're not saying it right. I don't know how to say it right, but that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my best effort. So, if you took a bar of soap and put it in your in your privates, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Yanni's like, "Hey, can I borrow your bar of soap?" It, it's it's by the time it comes back to you, it's not that part. This I isn't mean, a hypothetical. Sometimes <laughs> so. Sometimes you grab a piece of soap and there might be a couple pubes stuck on there or something, though. Yeah, but they're clean. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're all washed off. This is the second show we've ever done on a tour bus. Um, the first one we did was I don't want to say it was a nicer tour bus, but do you remember what I'm talking about, Yanni? With Luke? Yeah. Yeah. We did a show on the yeah. tour bus. Yeah. We're on our tour bus. It's over now by the time you get this because when we're going to release this episode, but we're on a eight-city tour going across, um, starting in, uh, on a live tour, starting in Denver, and basically moving across a, a latitude, more or less, with some deviation, moving in an eastward direction across roughly the same latitude, ending at the coast in, in, near, you know, near coastal in Philadelphia. And and we're doing this in a tour bus. And uh I had sleeping in my berth last night. I had I woke up one time in the middle of a nightmare that someone was shaking my tent. <laughs> because the bus was shaking. That's interesting. Um I didn't have that, but I was trying to use the same techniques that sometimes I use when I'm in a tent and the wind is blowing like crazy and it's kind of keeping you up mm-hmm. and you sort of just have to accept that that's what the night is going to be like and and just be like that's part of my sleep tonight and sometimes I can just accept it and then fall asleep. And I was trying to tell myself that with the rocking that kept waking me yeah, up. Yeah, and the bumps. And it but it, I, it never worked. Hard sleeping <laughs> tour bus. I had a I had a bad experience. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, oh, I thought that like half this podcast would be us discussing our <laughs> last night's sleep. Phil, oh. <laughs> I already figured out how we're going to fix you tonight. Oh, Phil, what are you going to do? Phil's going to wake up crying about two, and you can get up and rock him. <laughs> <laughs> right back to sleep. That's what you're used to, man. That's true. Yeah. Brent, the, Reeves, Brent Reeves. Oh, go ahead, Spencer. One of the best parts, though, about last night's sleep was how dark it got. Oh, that's man, why I slept I, so I late. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. Yeah. I didn't wake up till 10 because I was just waiting for the sun to come up. <laughs> well, if you notice that these bunks are set up not how they're normally. There's supposed to be three bunks. I don't have access to the light switch from the top bunk. So there was a light on <laughs> from Hannah's. She could shut it off below, but I didn't have access to that switch. So I had a light on in my cabin the whole night. <laughs> All night? Oh, really? Yes. Are you sure? It was, it was just 100%. I'll show you after this it podcast. It was just Chester Smalley's. He also fumbled his phone to the bunk below oh, him. Yeah, you see that bunk right there? About halfway through the night. Yep. So there's a switch on. Go on down below, Yanni. You talking about that bunk. light I just turned on? Nope. The bottom bunk. Okay. There's a switch on top 
the top switch. Turn that on and then go look at my. Why bunk. didn't you talk to your birth mate? I don't because see I a already light on felt it. bad because I don't my, see a light on in there. I feel like no, your birth mate, one. a birth mate sounds like your twin. <laughs> yeah, talk they, to your birth mate. Because I already felt bad because I dropped a cell phone <laughs> on her head. And something else, it right? slid through that crack down oh, into yeah. the bottom bunk. Oh, the one behind under your pillow. Yeah. Chester yeah, we emerged. could cover that up. Chester emerged from his bunk at 10 a.m. He said he didn't sleep for a second. I mean, that that's, that was exaggeration yeah, that's for not, sure. That's not true. Um, but I didn't. I barely got any sleep. Who snores? <laughs> no one as quiet as a mouse. In yeah, here. that surprised me. Yeah. I do snore, but I don't think I could. Throat. I couldn't achieve a deep enough sleep to like get to snoring. I don't think on this bus. Uh, Brett imp- Reeves is here. I was impressed how you don't <laughs> hear any uh, vehicles going by you. Did you hear any vehicles go by? I mean, we we can't be driving above the speed limit, so it must be cars. Passing us all night, and you don't hear them. Mm-hmm. So the Jordan sound Daybite. soundproofing is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you going to be, Reeves. Steve? Why are you in a rush? <laughs> Joined today by Brent Reeves, who did not sleep on the bus last night, but he had 30 years in law enforcement, and I asked him if he ever raided a bus, to which he said yes. Yeah, we were actually invited onto the bus. Oh. Tom T. Hall was playing in a little town in Bradley County. So you were joking about raiding the bus. Yeah, we were we were joking. We probably looked if we had looked very hard, we probably could have found something, but <laughs> turned it into a raid. Yeah. It just it was I don't know where they would have put it though, because it was beer, ice chest full of beer from one end of that bus to the other. I don't know where they slept. If they stood up or, or whatever, because it was just cases and cases of beer. Huh. If I had it, an it, illegal substance on this bus, do you think you could find it? Sure. Think so? With yeah. what with what level of confidence? The the amount of level of pain that I inflicted on you. No, I'm just <laughs> okay. You put a dog on it. You, you ever watch Tales from the Tour Bus? Yes, I have seen that. So you know the dude that made um um what's that the cartoon the Texas cartoon Mike Judge? Oh uh, yeah, Mike King Judge. of the Hill. King, King of the Hill. Hill. So he made a whole series about the outlaw country era. Turtle the, soup. Yeah, he gets into how uh, Johnny Paycheck shot a man in an argument over turtle soup. Yeah. He gets into how Waylon's bus drivers or Waylon's manager shot Waylon's bus driver in an argument over hamburgers. Yeah, he blew up a barn. Yeah. So in Tales from the Tour Bus, they taught, there's a guy talking about when Willie Nelson's tour bus, they put a drug dog on Willie Nelson's tour bus. And it's supposed to find the weed and sit down. They're talking about how that, boss, that dog just came up the steps and sat down. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt that at all. No, you could, I mean. So talk, talk about the guy it. who's busty around, because he wrote Harper Valley PTA, Who's Going to Feed Them Hogs. Yeah, Tom T. Hall. He wrote a lot of the, uh, he was called the storyteller, and he wrote a lot of songs that, you know, for other people. But he had a lot of, a lot of good good songs the ballad of 40 dollars where he's him he's he's the song starts out it's one of my favorites but he starts uh him and two other guys got hired to dig a grave Mm -hmm. and mow the mow the grass and they're talking about the they're sitting down in the shade watching the funeral they see this big the big limousine pull up and they're talking about how cool that car is and how pretty the lady is you know said some girls really do look black you look good in black and you know, talking about the widow or whatever. And they um, talked about his truck. They heard that his truck was already up for sale. <laughs> and the, the the key, the linchpin of the whole thing at the end of the song, he says, yeah, the bad thing is the guy owed me 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's dead. 
Oh, he wrote that song, uh, That's How I Got to Memphis. Yep. I like that song. Oh. He wrote that too? Oh, man, he wrote a bunch of them. That's been covered a lot. Yeah. Speak. Oh, this is a great. This is a great thing. Wow. Shoot. See, man, I'm tempted here because I got to talk. There's a couple things I want to say about music, which is fitting for being on this bus, which is normally full of musicians. But there's a thing I want to say about getting buried. So I had a plan. Like I had it all figured out what I wanted to do when I died with my body. And then now I kind of been changing it around. When I was back home in Michigan, I went looking for a buddy of mine's. Man, there's a buddy of mine got killed in high school. A few, a couple of guys got killed in high school. He got killed in high school, and I always remember he. Uh, they when they lowered him down in the grave, his dad climbed down in there. Oh, Whoa. climbed down in the hole. It was horrible. And I went looking, and didn't have a ton of time because I was on the way to the airport with my kids, and I had them kind of scrum. No, that's a lie. I was on the way to the airport with my wife. And went to right where I swear that was, but I couldn't find his deal. The grave? Yeah. And there's kind of two cemeteries by where I grew up. And that got me kind of wondering about getting buried where I grew up. And I was looking, you can, where I, where I grew up, you could, get, you could go into the Twin Lakes Cemetery. It's only 650 bucks. Really? Yeah. I was looking the other day. The weird part that I noticed is if you want to get dug out of the Twin Lakes Cemetery, it's 1300 bucks. To move you? To get disinterred. Oh, wow. Struck me as weird. You can get in there for cheaper and you can get out of there. For real. We that might own, secure me a lot. We've got our own family cemetery. You do? Mm-hmm, where I grew up. What Reeve, do you guys charge? Reeve Cemetery. <laughs> it's like 300 bucks. Huh, maybe I'll get a spot there. You can. What The problem I have with the Twin Lakes Cemetery is it's 650 for uh, a resident and 800 for a non-resident, but I'm going to apply for resident. <gasps> You follow me? Yeah. Haven't been born there. Right. You should. Yeah. You'll be grandfathered in. Yeah. How big is the Reef Cemetery? It's probably half an acre. You guys ever disinter anybody out of there? No, so far everybody's been pretty well behaved. <laughs> what 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 <laughs> no year eighty six? No no problem <laughs> so far. What year was the uh first Reeves buried there? Do you oh, know? that first was probably it had been before the War between the state before the Civil War. They've been there the war against northern aggression. That one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Same one. Uh, my great grand, my grandmother would never call it the Civil War. She said there wasn't nothing civil about that. So, did you have any? Do you have any uh, relatives fight for the uh-huh. losing side there? Yep, I did. Uh, one of them got killed in uh, in the first battle at Shallow. Really. This bus, the minute I got on this bus, this tour bus, the first thing I said to that driver, and you can check with him, his name's John. I said, man, when we get to Pennsylvania, we need to make a little detour, and it won't even really add any time on between Pittsburgh and Philly. It won't add any time on. It'll add like 15 minutes to do a 60-mile little loop cutoff and go through Gettysburg. Yeah. And you go smack nuts through Gettysburg. But then it occurred to me, he only drives at night. Oh, yeah. Y'all had to bring some spotlights. I know. <laughs> you got your coon light? You so can I'm hang out the window. No, I didn't bring any gear like that. So I might now have to go up there and talk back to tell John again the plan's off. <laughs> Speaking of music, 
we have been, to, much to the consternation of listeners, we have been running Ride On by Chris Denny as the outro music. It's a much hated, some people, it's, most people hate the outro song. I liked it, and the reason I used it is, uh, um, one time we talked about something too long. It's like a metaphor, right? We talked about something too long, and someone said something like, you beat that horse to death. And so, Chris Denny's ride on is, you know, we, you done, right. we done beat this damn horse to death. It's time to ride on. Oh, there's there's another, the ACDC ride on. The, you ever heard of that one? No, but I don't want to try to license from them. I gotcha. Because we licensed from Chris Denny. It wasn't a bad price. I don't know if it's the same same song. It's another lonely evening. No. In no. another lonely town. No. That one? Okay. I don't think it's the same one. Uh our licenses just so happens. We would be doing this anyways, but our license is expiring. We'd have to renew our license on Rideon. So we're going to make a major transition. Um, we're going to do away with current outro music and only use music composed and written by audience members. Because hmm. we've got a lot of great submissions. Great songs from people. You know, we sometimes use Doug Dern's yeah. song. Um, we're going to use some of Chester's stuff. Crin's going to call it Chet's Frats. You like that, Chester? Like that. Uh, so if you got music that you've written and composed and want us to use it for our outro music, all you got to do is send it in. Where does Crin want this to go to? Oh, send it into the Meat Eater Podcast at themeateater.com, subject line, outro music. Um. You can sing about hunting and fishing, the podcast, pole beans, subject we discussed in our episodes, whatever strikes you create a fancy, that's a message from Corinne. So go ahead and send in your music and do us a favor too of if you send it in, uh, do us a favor of like sort of, you know, giving us a written permission to use. We can start showcasing your music, which we do sometimes anyway. You got one, Chet? So I, I have a bunch of songs, but the. He the wrote one last night. The man with three lips. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The man with three lips. It's a sad song. Sounds like it. It's not creepy. Oh, dude, you want to hear a sad-ass story, man. This is what happened last night. You know the term green room where you hang out? Right. Did you ever raid one of those? <laughs> no. <laughs> you never raided a green, green room? Green house. You'd find all kinds of, <laughs> yeah. all kind of shit in a green room, man. Yeah. You'd probably find other people's stuff. Not even from the people who are currently right. in there. Check the couch cushion so i don't know why why did i tell you want to tell you a real sad story we were uh oh we were teasing chester's shoes i wasn't yeah well, chester had of. on a pair of reebok shoes which is i, I didn't know that company was still around man. <laughs> yeah. when i was telling when i was a kid uh i wanted like i said designer shoes like reeboks or nikes and my wife said i get what you're saying but you wouldn't like nikes and reeboks aren't designer shoes so then I told my world's saddest story about how I grew up thinking, this is not the world's saddest story, but sad to me, I grew up thinking we were poor rather than, than very well off relative to a lot of our neighbors because I couldn't have things like I had to wear Keds, I had to wear Tough Skins, Rustlers, I couldn't get like a... You know, some kids that come to school with a single-serving bag of Doritos. Oh, yeah, grapes. Green grapes was my well, a dream. 
You wanted to have those. I wanted to have them. Or kids that have that thing where there's cheese on the end and crackers and you yeah. peel it back. All this kind of stuff meant to be. Yeah, or they'd have like name brand pop. Yeah. Like they'd have an actual Pepsi. I thought kids were like, I, we always asked for kids. I no, thought those were fancy kids, shoes. You wanted Nikes and Reeboks and shit. Adidas. Man. Yeah. All that. Yeah, anything like that. So I, but my, it's just rather than being poor, my parents just weren't dumbasses. So we couldn't have that stuff and it killed me because I'd have to go with like a sandwich that my mom made. And then she'd put chips in a little baggie. And rather than thinking that my mom loved me, I thought that my mom hated me. Because <laughs> I couldn't line up with the, the other kids at lunch. And then one day we're at MC Sporting Goods and they have these two pairs of Nikes. Or a pair of Nikes, but it's not. They're not matched. One's got orange stripes and one's got red stripes. There's like subtle cosmetic differences, but they're the same size. And they're like next to nothing. So my mom buys me these Nikes. What do you think they cost? I don't know, man. It's too long ago. I was in fifth grade. Yeah, just ballpark it. Like $9? Yeah, like something like that. Okay. Like they would have had to have been competitive with no-name shoes, hush puppies and shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Buster Brown. I go down there, and I was like, no one's going to notice that. You know what I mean? And I was saying, man, I didn't even make it to the door of the school. Those shoes don't match. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's crazy. That's kind of sad. And now, but now that kind of stuff, I feel like, is probably in style. Oh, oh yeah. Like, if you, you know. gave those shoes to my daughter, she'd wear them. She'd be proud as hell of yeah. that, you know? But that prompted Chester to be like, that's not a sad story. And he told me a sad story about being teased over a minor birth defect. Bad. And then that night started writing a story, The Man with Three Lips. I got to tell the story now. Oh, yeah. I think you should, Chester, because it's going to... Makes my story seem like a spoiled brat complaining, man. <laughs> I want to know what what Brent wanted instead of green grapes. You like you he got wanted purple green grapes, wanted them. right? But you had purple grapes instead. Didn't have any grapes? No, no grapes. grapes. Okay. What no. if you settled for purple grapes? No. I okay. <laughs> I've never seen a purple grape. Green. This kid was a doctor's son, <laughs> and he had a Ziploc bag full of green grapes. And I'd ask him, "Man, let me have one of them grapes." And he'd give me one. <laughs> But I would have given him, if I'd have had any kind of money, I would have bought them. And I, but I swore if I ever have money and my kids want to have green grapes to go to school with, uh -huh. and they don't even eat grapes, but there's some in my icebox. <laughs> really? Do you yeah. like them? Oh, see, I Good would anything that I wanted to have when I was a kid, if my kids act like they wanted, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of stuff. Yeah. But if it was up to me, I'd torture them a lot more than their my tortures, yeah. man. Yeah, them green grapes, man, that was good. It reminds my dad, he said that he remembered being in school and sitting there, and he said that he brought his lunch in a sack. The kids in town had brought, you know, a lunchbox. They'd open their lunchbox up, and they'd have sliced bread in there, like Wonder Bread and bologna and cheese in there. He said, I'd open my sack up, and I'd have homemade sourdough bread and cured ham. He said, I was sitting there by that kid that was eating that wonder bread and bologna thinking man that guy's got it made <laughs> when he actually you know he was he was winning that war uh set should i tell the sad story oh yeah the man with yeah just sing it chester oh <laughs> once was sorry man. my feet stink too that's fine chester well, so, no, so, okay, go. nah, so you can bar spencer's throwing you a wayne over there his <laughs> arm around you go ahead and you got your arm around me oh, that's yeah. what i do yeah <laughs> we're just getting nice and, and, close. and yanni's got his arm around yeah, chester. Chester. Your story, chester um so <laughs> we don't want you to feel too sad when i was a kid i went to a, a private 
Catholic school right down the road. You Ti- did? Tiny little thing, yeah, called Our Lady of Angels. Well, that sounds Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> it's something just, about it. <laughs> but it just it just goes to show you that all the this story, after I get done with it, you're going to... They're not all angels there at the school. Mm, uh, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, no. Well, this is a story about having three lips. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 go right? ahead. Uh, so <laughs> when I was a kid, um, all the way up until like fifth grade, when I'd smile real big, my lip would kind of curl over, and it looked like I had three lips. So mm-hmm. I ended up not I'm gonna, I'm ever smiling. I'm going to do a visual for the camera. This is Chester's mouth. Upper lip. <laughs> Here's his mouth, and this is what he looked like. <laughs> How's that look, Phil? So he, Fantastic. <laughs> great, yeah. great Can't tell the difference. I mean, I had I had some some buck. Here, I kind of had some. <laughs> kind of had some buck teeth too, you know, like three lips and some buck teeth. Yeah, a real display. Yeah. Says said hello before you did. Yeah. yeah. So I would I I eventually like once I knew I w- I stopped smiling because oh, I had God. kids picking on me and calling me three lips and i didn't really let things bother me too much but eventually that one kind of i started to realize that yeah this isn't quite normal you know mm-hmm. God, so terrible, eventually man. uh we went to the doctor and um this guy was confident that he could make it better um and we went there and he cut i kind of had i don't know what they call that but the skin on your bridge, lip, it yeah. bridge goes down farther, and it was down further than normal. He cut that off, and it made it worse. So you could, you could like you four now. Lips. Now I, <laughs> no, it just now I had it all the time. <laughs> oh, oh God! You know, yeah. So, um, you know, and I got super self conscious about it, and uh, to the point where I actually had plastic surgery. On my upper lip to get that excess skin removed. Yeah. You got some old pictures of that lip? Old three lips. I gotta, I'm sure I do. I gotta ask my folks. And, Man, uh, I thought not having yeah. green grapes was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> called uh, a frenum or a frenulum. Oh, there you go. a little flap of skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three lips. Huh. But the thing about all this, like, so you know, there's been it. a lot of talk about, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she's talking about going in and, uh, Taking like uh you know like putting a mask on and earphones on and taking like hallucinogenics and stuff to try to like tap into your inner problems and stuff, man. I think if I did all that, I'd just be thinking about them Doritos and shit, <laughs> <laughs> sneakers and stuff. You know, it's like it, it's not a big deal, but some stuff sticks with you. A thirteen hundred dollar. You think that's what it would fee. go back to? Huh? I don't know. I don't know why. I always think about that. Yeah, it was a weird. Not deal. the two. Not the two dudes that died in high school. No. Or the time we, I told you about the time we went to that airplane wreck. Oh, yeah. Watched them pull them bodies out of that. No, it'd be, uh, either way. Hey, man, it's a struggle to find time to manage one's finances. It's a struggle to find time to manage my finances. You go through like a busy week, and the last thing you want to do is spend time budgeting. You know, your expenses and tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions you're paying for that you don't use. But now, you use Rocket Money and does all of that for me. I'll tell you, this this happens all the time in our family because, like, something will come out that we want to watch. 
and they lure you in with a one-month trial, and you're like, oh, you know, I'll do the one-month trial, then I'll come back and cancel, then I can watch this whole thing. And then, like, you don't. You forget about it, and then, and then a year goes by, and you've been paying these guys 12 bucks all year and never watched a single thing. This finds that stuff and gets rid of it for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. It's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. So here's the deal. This, we're getting to the meat of the show here now. We a long time ago. <laughs> is that right? That was all just crazy. No, I'm serious. Okay. This is the meat of the show. Long time ago, we uh, had asked for your crazy trail cam picks because we want to start doing a crazy, a crazy trail cam pick segment, which I'm committed to because I'm a big fan of trail cameras. I like looking at trail camera pictures. Have we thrown around the idea of doing a crazy trail cam pick calendar? We did. Or I thought of it. 
but we haven't done it because we're doing old shitters right now. Yeah. yeah. But that'd be a good idea. Something to keep in mind. It would. So we had asked for, and I just said, like, send us your crazy trail cam pictures. We're going to get into our first crazy trail cam picture segment right now. And it's going to be about cats. It's going to be about cats, but the first picture is a pig. Well, that's, this is a prelude because we didn't do a good job <laughs> of clarifying what we meant by crazy trail cam pictures. Uh, there was an overwhelming response. Corinne can't even get through all the trail cam pictures. But <laughs> this is a note from Corinne. I do want to clarify the specificity of our trail cam pick submission parameters and ask you to check yourself and be thoughtful about what's warranted. Um, this isn't an excuse to send Corinne, I don't want to use the word she used, <laughs> to send Corinne pictures of fetishes out in the woods or uh, full frontals of some guy taking a whiz onto a bush. Whoa. I think she's mostly joking. But this is an important thing because, well, we, we pulled up one example. A uh, guy sent in a picture of a wild pig, and it seems like the only thing that he's interested in is that it has its lipstick out. Five-legged hog. So, yeah, so it's like, he's like, hey, here's a trail cam picture of a wild pig with an erection. So that's great, but that's... For the hog. It, <laughs> there's just a limited, there's limited, there's limited... Now, if you send in a picture of a deer with a greatly enlarged scrotum, that would warrant discussion because it could be all sorts of problems. And we would send that to a deer specialist. We'd send it to a wildlife, a, a veterinarian who specializes in wildlife. And they might come back with, oh, that's a very common thing. Could be an engorged tick bite, all manner of reproductive ailments. So that would be interesting. But just the fact that this hog has his lipstick out is... But if you look closely, the hog also looks like it has a uh, unicorn horn or something. Kind that's of like, his ear. That's, that's his a, ear? Yeah, that's his other ear. Oh, that's his ear. That hog looks like he's been marked. See that notch out of it right there? Oh, yeah. He's got a cut Oh, yeah, I see. So his ear is just split. Well, that's the thing guys will do, too, because they'll, uh, you know, guys will castrate them, yeah. catch them, castrate them, turn them back out, and notch their ear with a certain way that they like to notch them so they know that they're the ones that did it. As the guy put to me uh, in Yanni, it takes their mind off ass and puts it on grass. Mm -hmm. They called it a bar hog. Bard hog. Bard hog, yeah. yeah. And we went out with him and barred a hog. and whew. Sketchy. Yeah, but he ran right off. Yeah. That really was, you done that to me, I'd have laid there. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> We're we, trying uh, to fight you. <laughs> My brother's in-laws, you know, where I grew up, that was having hogs in the woods, having a hog claim was like a, a deer lease. I mean, you you claimed from this creek to some other place, uh, another natural barrier or something, or somebody's property. And all the hogs that ran on that property there was, they were ours. Even uh, though it was public land? It wasn't public land. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. No, huh? this was down in... The Potlatch Timber Company owned all the, it was all owned by a timber company. But we would have a claim in there from one piece of property to another, and another family would have that as, as well. But it would be like documented somewhere. In the courthouse. Okay. Oh, okay. Cleveland County Courthouse. I thought you meant claimed like you told your friends. Well, oh. that's where it started, but it would be documented there. And then, but each family had their own mark, had their, which is like a brand. 
you know, like ours was an underbit on the left and a and then a crop on the left and then a split on the right. So the the underbit was the bottom side of that ear, the hog's ear on the left side was lopped off, and then the end was cropped off. So it was blunt and then flat on the bottom, and the other side would he just you just take a pocket knife and split it. So that, and this that, is when you barred a hog. Yeah, and that's when you cut the castrate the hog. Well, my brother's in laws they were catching hogs like folks did back in the day, and cutting hogs. And they they caught they down there they were squirrel hunting and they they dogs made this big old hog that had been been trying to catch forever, and nobody they're digging around in their pockets and nobody can find a pocket knife. But <laughs> my brother's father in law, his brother i believe it was his brother or his uncle had a prince albert can in his pocket mm. and had prince albert to back in a tin can so they he took that prince albert can and broke it in half to have a sharp edge and that's what they cut that hog with hmm. and said when they turned him loose he didn't he didn't hang around either but he said it was it was pretty wild. Messy. So yeah. what is the significance? Unless you're dating it, who cares what mark it's got? If you catch a hog and it's barred, well, it, you know, unless you know the date, what do you care? That's what, like, the, that's what folks were feeding their families with. That was property. No, I understand. I understand that. But you're claiming the area. Yeah. Well, it was so just, why do you need to have the area? Because mm. there's no fences. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's say I'm claiming this the area of this computer right okay and and uh this area of the computer is mine and you catch a pig on my thing i catch a pig on my area okay now if it's got some other dude's mark i don't care it's in my area oh no that's not the way it works oh it does not work that way no that's his hog oh and people respect that yeah Uh, so you have to catch you have to catch your hog in your area if somebody if 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 i'm if you catch a hog there and it's mine, you send me word, hey, we got this hog. You Come to, get it. You want to turn him loose or you want him? That's how it works. It's all on the honor system. Gotcha. And that's what the Hatfields and McCoys was. That all started. So what, the where's the real value of having the claim for the hogs on the, on the chunk of land? Well, the claim, the hog claim was just for, you know, this is where we operate. This is where our hogs are going to be. Mm. Your hogs can come through, but this is this is our headquarters. This is the place where we we're gonna we're gonna catch them here. We're gonna skin them. We're gonna render them here. Whatever we're gonna do with them, and then but this is our our spot, and we're gonna turn them loose. Whatever. That was just an area, more or less that that you did your operation on. But there were no fences, yeah. So it was just free range. Were there like not enough freezers then to just kill the hogs on the spot and deal with them that way? There wasn't any freezers. No freezers. Mm-hmm. No, you know when. And this um, is not in my lifetime now. This is when my my grandparents. Mm, and, sure. You know, uh, if you've ever heard when when Doctor Randall did his dissertation, um, when he's doing his like uh, special PhD, he got into the way that. Uh, American hunting just really changed with the freezer. Oh. Just really changed how everything went down once you had a freezer. Changed the way people talked about it. The idea of a full freezer. You know what I mean? It was just not like that, man. You got a deer, you'd get a deer and you consumed it, dried it, gave it away. But like the whole thing of like filling the freezer, obviously without a freezer, wasn't an issue. Yeah, that's, you know, everybody, no, 
Not everybody had a freezer. Very few people did, but everybody had a smokehouse. And, you know, smoke their own meat. That's what they Country kept. Country ham. Yeah. There's a, I mean, they would last for years. You could keep them for years. Yeah, you go down in Virginia, man, and they sell those hams. They're on the shelf. Yeah. Next to, like, the canned beans. Yeah. Tim. So damn salty. Yeah, they'll be there forever. So just In super, a sack of salt. So what does that, that look like? I mean, it's literally a ham, super salted, mm-hmm. smoked so there's a good crust on the, protective crust on the outside. You gotta, yeah, you got to purge it all that salt, man. You yeah. couldn't eat it. You no, know? you couldn't eat it. It would be, it'd be bad. And it's not salt like it's curing salt. It's a little different salt than what, and what you you're shaking And you purge it by eggs. just putting it in water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to our special p- camera thing. We're going to talk about cats. First, I want to talk about a couple things with trail cams. And you guys can throw in. Far and away, the number one submission we got is cat questions. Far and away. Cat. Oh. Cat. Is this a mountain lion? Oh, yeah. Got it. Is this a mountain lion? Is this a mountain lion? My buddy says it's a mountain lion. Is this a mountain lion? This is a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, unless you're in Tennessee. You need to, just as a trail cam setup deal. When you get a really good picture and you and your buddies all swear you got a mountain lion in Illinois, maybe you do. This is always that. So mountain lions have shown an incredible ability. Mountain lions, panthers, catamounts, whatever you want to call them, have shown an incredible ability to show up in weird places. They'll go on big mega jaunts. You know, a mountain lion will come out of the Black Hills, get hit by a car in Connecticut. So at this point, now, 20 years ago, if you said it, you were crazy, but at this point, it's accepted. These things show up in weird spots. A couple of show up in Wisconsin. Like, they show up in weird spots. But the first thing you need to do when you, gotta, when, when, you're gonna, when you get a picture and your buddies and you are all arguing about what you have on the camera, take a tape measure and go over to wherever you think the thing was standing and figure out some dimensions. Try to put your camera, if you got to put a thing in there, stick a thing in there. Stick a, a, a branch. Make something, something yeah, something somewhere to use for scale. So if it's just looking out over a field, bury some sticks. So you can start getting a sense of uh, how big was it. We get a lot of mountain lion pictures, and I look at them like, it's just a ditch cougar. That's that house cat. You got a house cat. Uh, if you go, guys, go down and look at this one image. Um, so this is a very, very typical note. Guy writes in, debate on whether this is the return of the infamous mountain lion that came to Connecticut. Now that, okay, that particular, there was one mountain lion that got killed in Connecticut. Um, and so he's like, is this another mountain lion in Connecticut? Could be, because we know that it's happened before. He says, I think it's just a house cat. But he's alone in that camp. Tell me I'm not crazy. Yep, Greenwich, Connecticut. His cousin used to have hunting access. Makes you think he did something bad and lost his hunting access. (laughs) It was a property once owned by the Rockefeller estate. Oh, it got sold. He didn't do nothing bad. Not too far from Milford, where the one from South Dakota was hit by a car. That same mountain lion was also spotted in Greenwich just days before he was hit by the car. So it's possible. But I believe it's just a house cat. That's a house cat. I concur. That is a house cat. But here's the thing. Why are you and your friends not out with a tape measure between that log and those trees? 
Well, just just taping the uh, the dia- the diameter of that log, just measuring the height of that log from the ground to the top of it would tell you that, that it's not You're a like, mountain line. That's an eight inch log. Yeah, and that's an eight inch tall house cat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A yellow and, one. And listen, I don't, people shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> I'm not dogging on the guy. By, yeah, but, but I think people are when they're like, you know, and that's why there's, they, they, they're so adamant, you know, once they say it once and they believe it. But like when, we, when I went and interviewed all those biologists in Washington that are dealing with all the mountain lions mm-hmm. and then talking to them about the calls that they get. I mean, they talk about just how and, and then that they've seen it in like the right scenario where just uh, visual perception and just tricks of the landscape that like it's it's a house cat but in that scene whatever it makes it is whatever illusion is there it looks 10 times bigger than it is and you're like oh yeah it's a lion and then it's not you know and i think it especially happens in these trail cams that just like you lose deaf perception it's glowing white because it's at night yeah yeah but even like the facial profile now we got a lot of submissions where there's just nothing to really talk about because there is no thing for scale. It was too blurry. You're like, I have no idea what that is, and I wouldn't trust anyone. I'm, there's not even enough there that I would trust anyone to to even have an opinion. It's sort of like a photograph that just doesn't warrant any kind of respectable opinion because the amount of detail is so absent. You say you might look at a picture and be like, I can tell that there's something that seems, you know, alive-ish off in the distance. So for a lot of those, we couldn't really take it on. But this one, uh, and you have this up, Phil? Yeah. Okay. So if you go and look, uh, we'll post some of these. You can go on YouTube and look, and you'll see the cat we're talking about. That's a ditch cougar. That's a house cat. (laughs) Now, here's one that's super interesting. Super interesting, and I got I, I, I got to predicate this one by saying, you could always be getting duped, and someone could be sending you a not legitimate photo. They could be sending you something they found on the internet, whatever. We saw some of those and threw them out, but some of them you just kind of got to take someone at their word. We might be writing back and have a little bit of a dialogue with them. This one's interesting. Hey everyone, Phil the engineer here. Steve and the crew are still on tour, so the responsibility falls on my shoulders to butt in here like Ron Howard and Arrested Development to let you guys know that uh, we got duped. That's right. This picture that we're about to look at and discuss is uh, not from Baker County, Florida, but it's a melanistic black leopard from South Africa that's been raised in captivity. This picture's been floating around the internet for years. The leopard's name is Cole, which is very fitting because that's exactly what the person who sent this picture in will be receiving in their stocking this year from Santa Claus. Um, But in all seriousness, we could have cut this out, but we thought, hey, let's let it in. The discussion was fun. Um, Let it be a cautionary tale for those looking at trail camp pictures on the internet. Uh, And that's us included. So just keep in mind, this is not from Florida. It's a leopard from South Africa. But with that in mind, back to the show. If legit, this one is interesting because here he goes. Real Black Panthers. This photo was taken at my hunting club in Baker County, Florida. My dad also had a video of a mama panther and two cubs a couple years ago, but he deleted it before I could get a video. Then he says, this is from my friend's hunting club in Ludowick. I don't know what the hell that is. Ludowicki, Georgia. It's in the southeast part of the state. So there's two of them. Now, the Florida one, man, 
everyone knows there's no such thing as a Black Panther. Or do they? <laughs> do a little key. What in the world there. is this? <laughs> Are you talking about the one that's the full frontal or the one that's in the shade? That full frontal cat is not a house cat. That is not a ditch cougar. Barn cat. That is a crazy picture. But aren't there like a... It's a black-phased... Jaguar. That's not a thing. Not a thing. No, there aren't any melanistic ones. That's my understanding. Now, I've also heard that a black panther is a wet mountain lion. A black panther is a wet panther. A black panther is a muddy panther. I'd like to see more of this guy right here. Tell you what catches my eye is that rear... uh, Pat, a pad, paw, foot. It's held kitty cat like. Well, and it looks small. Now they they are smaller on a cat uh, on the back feet than than the front feet. But yeah, I don't know. It's something no... just looks a little odd. But yeah, the fact black that it's cast... a black panther looks odd. Well, yeah, but it's like a little. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little shiny. Uh, oh, real shiny. It, it's it's a little famished, scrawny looking. Um, that back foot just doesn't seem quite right. He holds out that it's an escaped zoo animal, but I don't know what the hell zoo animal it would be. It, and he said he checked around and he hasn't heard of any escaped black leopards. Because <laughs> there are leopards. Yeah, that leopard. There's a melanistic leopard. Okay. Is there a melanistic jaguar? I don't know. That's what I was that's what I was asking. There's a melanistic leopard. So, if someone brought a melanistic leopard over from Africa and cut it loose in Florida, that would explain everything, but he hasn't caught wind of that. Well, is the what about the grass? The natural grasses up there. Is that are those native grasses can Man, that's something we hadn't thought to show. We should show that to uh we should show that to Yanni's wife. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. She's going to say, can you get me a closer picture of the seed pod? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I can't get over is all, like, 70% of these pictures sent in are a picture of a picture. Like, they took their phone and they took a picture of their computer screen. And so we've now lost, the, like, 40% of the quality through yeah, that process. That's real common. Just so right- you can see the reflection of their house. From when they took the picture of the picture. Right-click yeah. the photo, save it, and email that to Corinne. Don't don't take the photo of the photo. Uh, you, you've, like, ruined what could be an amazing photo by doing that. My brother sends me trail camp pics all the time like that. And it's like, man, did you draw this? He's like, no, I took a picture of it with my phone. Gosh. It's like one of them Flintstone cameras. You got a bird in there picking it up. <laughs> that, that, this is a very compelling photograph. We should at least send this guy a believer hat. <laughs> For real. A Black Panther I, I, believer I, hat. And I, I feel like, yeah, again, we don't know what that grass is, but it's extremely tall compared to that animal. Uh, I know there's tall grasses in that part of the country, but... Uh, well, it looks like goat weed. Every right there looks like goat weed. I mean, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it, it would not bump, surprise bump. me whatsoever if... If it was a another ditch cougar, dude, listen. There's a lot of things that could be. That's not one of them. That be. head is not a barn cat's head. Look how a- long angle, angle, light, man. There's just so many things at play. I'm with Steve. Whiskers that, are that long. Well, like a house what he cat. Need, what this guy would have been really helpful if this guy would have done is taken his tape measure. <laughs> is this thing five feet long? Or is it eight? Or is it you know twenty eight inches long? Yes. 
the the snout just is way longer than your typical. Phil's weighing in over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. But I, at I the just... same time, I, I my wife and I lived at a house uh, north of campus in Bozeman, and there was like a stray black cat who we called him Jafar because he just he he sort of reminded us of just kind of like a sinister. Like he he looked close close to this. He had a longer snout. If you saw him from a distance, you'd be like, "Is that a cat or is that something mm-hmm. else?" Really? So like they they do exist. Did you send this picture in, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> That's a compelling photo. Now the one down is another interesting thing about pr- trail cam problems. When you have an animal cast in shadow, uh, it's hard. And again, where is the tape measure? Because that tuft of grass would be a great place to start laying out your tape measure. Because if that tuft of grass is 10 inches wide, that makes this a really interesting picture. If that tuft of grass is 2 inches wide, it makes it not a very interesting picture. Is that like a is that a gravel road? Yeah. We don't know. It's another photo of a computer screen. And like if this person's computer screen was facing south, it looks like they were standing on the southwest side of the computer when they took the photo. There's just like no level of detail in it. It's best it's gonna kinda hurt everybody's feelings. I mean, it could be an incredible s- photo, but we'll just hurt never everybody's know. feelings and they're not gonna send anything. No, anymore. but Spencer's hundred percent right. It's like why wouldn't have you just sent the original? <laughs> I think that maybe we should have in our uh yeah, only send what originals. Kind of cam- what kind of cameras he running? He's running a Moultrie, Moultrie camera. Yeah, he should. Yeah, send send originals. And but this is a learn because this is the first segment. Yeah. So I'm using cats because they come up. I selected cats. We'll get into the next segment. Maybe it's diseased animals. I don't know. It's animals with with uh, wounds. It's animals carrying arrows sticking out of them. Whatever. Today is cats, but it's meant to be a little bit of a a, a primer, a helper on how to help yourself. Yeah. Don't send pictures of pictures. Of pictures. Try to get us the actual picture and try to do a little bit of um take a thing of known scale. Take an item of known scale, take a five gallon bucket, and go out if if you know at a minimum, take a five gallon bucket, go out, uh, set it where you suspect that animal is standing. And take a test photo and capture that and, and, and put together a little dossier of information that we can then share with experts to help us out. A fact sheet. Yep. Yanni, what's your craziest trail cam photo? Anything <sighs> exciting? Um I don't, you know, we've I get a lot which I find exciting is interesting is I'll get bobcats with uh, mm. prey fresh prey in their mouth. You know, they're cruising around with like a squirrel or you know a grouse. That's always interesting. I've gotten a couple uh, collared wolves really? know, in Wisconsin. Yeah, and our neighbor to the south, I mean, literally bordering us, uh, got a mountain lion picture uh, this year. Really? Mm-hmm. One just got hit. No, I think he got hit in Minnesota. Well, the yeah. the guy, you know, the guy that in self defense shot the one with the bow in Wisconsin, and that wasn't too far from us. Oh, I heard about that. Was that legit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self defense. Like, what do you? What does he mean? Like the guy, the guy just said that he he felt like that cat was getting ready to come into his tree and and and, and tussle with him. 
and he did not he felt you know fear for his life pat hmm. wrote a good article on it yeah. on the meateater.com i think yep yeah i saw I, I gotta get more educated on that keep scrolling down because this gets this gets great in terms <laughs> of cats i've held on to this photo for a few years now this is in reference to one from another connecticut one wow jeez and very seldom do I break it out to show someone. Allow me to elaborate. You see, my home state is in Connecticut. No, his home state is Connecticut. <laughs> his home state is not in Connecticut. And people lose their minds if you say mountain lion. If a questionable photo pops up, it's immediately discredited as a lion? Mm, yeah. Oh, it's immediately discredited. If, you, if a photo pops up and you say it's a lion, it gets immediately discredited. People refuse to believe there could ever be one in the state, even when, and I believe it's been mentioned on the previous podcast, one was hit by a car in 2011. I've seen many bobcats while sitting in the trees in the fall. I'm not 100%, but my gut leans toward a mountain lion. He apologizes to Clay that it is not a black panther. North Stonington, Connecticut. We're on the border with Rhode Island. Bobcat. I'm going 100% bobcat. But that leads me to my point. The bummer is the tail's absent. Which also leads me to my thing. How many photos do you have set? And do you have video? I'm asking this feller. Because if he had a three if he had a three photo spurt separated by a couple seconds, he'd probably have a doozy. But if he's got a single photo, he's gonna wind up always being disappointed. Yeah. And if you have, there's another thing to keep in mind, because some people don't realize this. If you have a cellular camera, and you're allowed to use cellular cameras in the area, uh, generally, you, you'll get texted or emailed, whatever, one, but the card holds the video. You follow me? So if you had this thing on a burst of photos, you might have caught him when, when you could see his butt. And see what he had for a tail, but I think that's I think you're looking at a bobcat, especially because the dude says he sees bobcats all the time. I think it's a it's a skinny summer pelt bobcat. Any dissenters? I don't see enough fluff to his head to make me think bobcat. You see him all the time. Summer bobcat. Yeah, if that picture was in Montana, I'd be like, yeah, it's like eighty uh, percent chance that's a bobcat, but uh, Connecticut because it looks like a bobcat say bobcat now the next photo is a really good one is so, it yeah because because it's one that you can absolutely solve okay it's the only one that can be categorically solved this one looks like photo inception you've got like you, someone you, took a picture of a computer screen i like your high standards for, it, for this and answer. then someone Important. took a photo of that screenshot yeah and now we're like four layers removed from and the then original. his mom took a picture and yes. sent it to us mm -hmm. but i like this one because it's solvable it's a cat squatting in tall grass. Very poor quality. <laughs> if you were walking through, you remember in the old days when you used to be able to have your TV set on static? Like, because you had like three channels. And if it was on any other channel, it was just like static. We'd yeah. call it the bug show when we were kids. <laughs> you'd think that this was just a set on static. Yeah. But if you look carefully, you start to make out that it's a cat. Is that his tail? But yes. You, Okay. Where does he say what's going on? Southeastern Minnesota on a watering hole. We have not been able to figure out what this is, and it's been a topic of discussion. Is it a deer? No. 
Bobcat, we'll talk about it. Or Mountain Lion, we will talk about it. Aaron. Aaron, go to the right end of that cat. First off, where's your tape measure? Second, <laughs> go to the right because you'd be able to go to that spot. The clumps in the grass would guide you right to that spot. Go to the right side of that picture. That cat is squatting and taking a piss. And its tail, to not get uh, soiled, his little bobcat tail is curled up and black-tipped. Its tail is bobbed. It's a bobcat. 100%. That's what it looks like. Bobcat. And, and you, if you look... I was I was looking. I was trying to find the spots, but if you look right there, Yanni, look at that. But they have poor spots out there. Ain't that spots? Really? You think? I mean, yeah, that's why don't. That's why they're not valuable. That's why a bobcat can be. That's why a bobcat from the high desert. Um, you know, like a bobcat from the high desert, like the Mojave or something, or all manner of areas in Idaho, places in Utah, whatever, can be worth a thousand bucks. And then a bobcat from Michigan can be worth fifteen bucks. They just don't have the spot quality. They don't have good spot. They don't have a white belly and black spots on it. They're dirty colors. That's and they don't have clean that. spots. Like when I was a kid, we I, we I didn't even I wasn't even trying to catch bobcats because they were worth nothing. And Mon- meanwhile, guys are selling them for eight hundred bucks, thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks. Montana cats are can good be valuable. cats, right? Yeah, can be valuable. What about a southern bobcat? No, nope. Like the spot wise, no, it's not good. No spots. You want high country usually. Yep. You want they get they get valuable when you got like if it's four fingers wide on the belly and pure white with very cleanly defined black spots. That's a value that that's going to wind up on an oligarch's wife. <laughs> you know, it's going to wind up lining the coat of an oligarch's wife. <laughs> you know, I learned recently. Speaking of uh, furs, I was thinking about getting one of my. First light, big puffy down jackets lined with a coyote, you know, that I had. Oh, the trim? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fixing to do that. And uh, I didn't know this, but like you also rate the coyotes by how many of those rounds that you get. And I didn't know that it's cut like, this. it's a, yeah, cu- it's a I, circumference piece, not a length piece yeah, no, out, I, I out of the I coyote. didn't know that until recently. Oh, it really? makes total sense. Yeah. You when take you that hide and cut it like you're cutting firewood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And make, yeah. Once someone said that to me, I was like, man, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> there was an old guy that lived in a neighborhood, and or I say a neighborhood, he lived in the country where we lived, and he talked about making shoelaces, bootlaces out of squirrels, squirrel hides. Hmm. I'm like, how in the world could you make a, you know, a pair of bootlaces, leather bootlaces out of a squirrel? And he, he said, well, it's easy. And he they, they tan it and tack it up on the barn, on the side of the barn, and they'd take a knife and they'd cut it in swirls like that. Concentric ah. circles. Yeah. yeah. And then he said that you would wear out a pair of Brogan shoes before you broke a, squir- a pair of squirrel laces. Oh, you're kidding. That's me. what he said. So they, they was absolutely tough. That's cool. I'm doing that, man. For real. That's interesting. I've never done it. My now, uh, one time I took a buffalo hide and took a knife and started doing that, cutting a half-inch wide strip of leather around the edge you realize you could make something i mean oh yeah you get a hundred yard lariat rope. hundred yard rope <laughs> yeah. just by doing that round and round and round that's what people do to make those big long big long leather ropes how many squirrels have you tanned steve man we used to try to tan them when we were kids we never got one to successfully work out mm. we would take uh 
you know, saddle soap and stuff and try to rub it in there, and it never worked out. What do you think the, the shortcoming was? Pre-internet. Okay. You got it. People don't remember. Like, people like you don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> you used to not be able to find things out. Right. In the yeah. encyclopedia, if you looked it up, it was only current to the date that book was printed. Yeah, you, there was the ones no. we had in our house was one they got my brother when he was, I mean, they were 10 years old. There were we, countries in there that wasn't even the same name anymore. You're right, man. You'd look yeah. and be like, the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> exactly. We used to try and tan like rabbits and squirrels with, remember that orange uh, bottle? Like tanning oh, you'd kits order? that you'd yeah, order? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And we'd always- you get them on Cabela's yeah, and we'd, stuff. Yeah, we'd salt Cure them, all, we'd salt, like them salt them and, and cure them and that stuff. But they always just, which hides do, turn you know rock solid, and we just never yeah. had the patience to break them and just, soften just them. Stay, put them on a stake and board and do that. Yeah. I was living for a while in Missoula, and there was this kind of old hippie couple next to me, in the house next to me. Oh, you want to hear a story? <laughs> Not about them, but about that house, dude. When I, I, uh, I never really told the story. That time I took someone to small claims court. Mm. Was that the only time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and the judge was so mad at him, they yelled at him. Really? And I got my money. I walked out of there. Proud to be <laughs> yeah. oh, The judge was mad at him. When I got that person, finally got that son of a bitch into, into the small claims court, the judge, I laid out my whole deal. And the judge never even wanted to hear the whatever they call them, mitigator or whatever. Didn't even want to hear what they had to say. Are you going to tell us? Just laid into them. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you real quick. I'll try to tell us quick. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Anyways, next door is this old hippie couple, no brain tan deer hides. But I was always surprised how much they shrank. Whatever process they were using. Real, like, they'd want, you know, the good-sized deer, and you'd wind up something's like, you know. Really? I mean, small. Yeah, I was always. I could never figure out why their stuff was shrinking so bad. I wonder if that's typical for brain tans. I don't know. I'd like to get into it. It's just one of those things, like chest brain tanning. There's just certain things I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> Do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, chess? Is that what you said? Just certain things that okay. just seem like a deep hole. Chess. <laughs> you know, and, and once tan. you go into it, <laughs> once you go into it, it's it just you're never going to get to the bottom of the hole. Uh-huh. You know, you follow me? Sure. And so I don't go near stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll check this out. I'll try to explain it real quick. We're living in this house, and you know sometimes when you're in a lease and you get a new, like, you're always trying to time your moves so that you don't pay rent in two places at once. But me and my buddy were in this one house, and this other house we really wanted came up. And we just had to do one of those deals where it sucked, but we had to pay the two rents. But in the long time, it was advantageous. Like, we'd recover our money because our new place was cheaper. So we had to pay, pay two rents. So we're paying simultaneous rents. We moved most of our stuff out of the house. And we're in our new house. But then our other house that we're paying rent on, it's like the seventh of the month. That house burns down to the ground. Not our fault. It started in the wiring in the, it started in the wiring somewhere in the house. The fire department did an investigation. They're like, it was a wiring issue. Nothing to do with the tenants. We weren't even there anyway. So, was there a moment where you thought it could have been your fault? I didn't know, but no, I mean, they like very quickly, uh, well, no, because we weren't in there. So, I mean, we didn't do it. It, was, it wasn't like we were partying or something. And someone caught something on fire. Um, 
I wait a respectable amount of time and I go to the landlord and I say, I need the, the, my rent back from the seventh to the end of the month because the house doesn't exist anymore and I'm renting it. Right. And they're like, well, you're not living there anyway. <laughs> to which I said, well, we had a bunch of stuff in there and it's now gone and it's none of your business and I could be renting it. It's like, I could have never stepped foot in there ever. What's it to do with you? If I wanted to go there, it was mine to go to. I'm renting it. How do you know where I'm going? The only reason you know I'm not there is because I told you I'm not there. It it's, has nothing to do with the issue, whether I'm sleeping there or not. It's like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault. And you can't rent me a thing that is burned down because you have faulty wiring. They wouldn't give me the damn money. So eventually I get down to the small claims court and I come in and I got the fire department report and all these pictures and paperwork and I get to go first and I lay my thing out and that judge turns to that landlord and they're like, you know, she's like, oh, you just cash them checks when they come in month after month after month. And the minute there's a problem, you can't be found. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. Not happy. Not happy with that landlord, man. And you gained some faith in the American court system. Oh yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like Lee. I was like Lee Greenwood walking out of that place. <laughs> Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater the single most valuable tool i have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the onyx hunt app if i'm hunting turkeys i'm using onyx if i'm not hunting turkeys i'm using onyx i'm always using onyx i live by that stuff i can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt it's invaluable i use it all the time even properties i know super well and i'm at my buddy bubbly doug's house i'm using onyx and i've hunted this place a million times with their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Dogs, I'm in the navel, and I hear, Pow! I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Dogs' place on, on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay? comes in handy every spring whether that's revisiting old waypoints where i've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds this app will help you find more turkeys on x hunt has a special offer for you too use code meat eater to receive 20 percent off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt 
this turkey season. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't know what's next on Trail Cans. A lot of disease stuff. Keep sending them in, but try to take some lessons from what we discussed today. Two primary lessons being, Spencer? The original photo. And the tape measure. And this segment will improve greatly when we have those things. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's, uh, it's not coincidence that a lot of these questionable animals <laughs> come in the form of a questionable picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, we haven't got any pictures of Wolverines, fake or real yet. However, a little interesting news bit is uh, Colorado, after their very contentious ballot initiative to reintroduce wolves, which got a lot of people fired up, they're now shooting to reintroduce Wolverines, which I'm predicting will encounter zero um, pushback. I say that's a great idea. Yeah. Ain't gonna bother nobody. Well, Brody says this. Brody feels that knowing Polis, knowing the governor in Colorado, and how antagonistic he is to hunters, that uh, that this will quickly be used to put in further uh, fur trapping restrictions. Oh, like I put riders on this bill. It'll be the, the Wolverine. So like, oh, now we have Wolverines, and we don't want someone accidentally catching the Wolverine. Therefore, you can't do X, Y, and Z. But if you do the reintroduction, it'll go in as an experimental population, so it'll be a little bit different. Maybe Brody's being a little cynical, but Brody's watched Colorado change a lot, and the current administration, like I said, is so outwardly antagonistic to hunters. Um, and the governor has also expressed support for ending fur trapping altogether. Oh, wow. Express support for uh, protecting black bears and mountain lions um, from any hunting, regardless of population levels. So Brody, uh, our very own Brody Henderson, is is uh, supportive of wolverines being on the landscape, but not supportive of what the end goal might be. If this is just an honest deal to, to, to bring in wolverines, great. Wolverines are cool. Yeah, they're traditionally there, aren't they, in that area? In the high country, yeah. yeah. Problem with wolverines, we've gotten into this a couple of times. It's just they're a hard animal to count. How many have you seen in your life? One. That was in Alaska with Yanni. I I saw one on that. I saw one on the moose hunt that we were at with these guys. It was incredible how much it 
moved. It was going in where those wolves were. Remember? Oh, you saw Wolverine on that trip? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. It was running from miles away. And I first thought it was like a bear. And it was like running for a couple miles just right to where those wolves were. It got right into where those wolves were and hmm. down in wherever that kill was. Yeah, I've seen one lynx and one wolverine. I hope to grow those numbers. Um, do you have any trail cameras in Alaska at your fish shack? I have not currently. I, I'm I, I, it. I really I do. I really should. Just right now, unfortunately, I don't. That, I'm gonna plaster that place next time I'm up there. Would that be a hard landscape to like have game walk within ten feet? Of oh an no! Area? When I had one in there, it was just I got tons of images. Of what? There's deer and oh, just, bears that I walk mean, right by the porch. Uh, Martin, black bears. Blacktails, pre- predominantly, yeah. Um, no, it's a great place to have them out. I just right now don't, and I know right where I have some good mm. spots where I want to put them, and I'll get some wolf pictures and stuff. Here's a good story. I don't want to get too specific. I don't want to get this particular TSA person in trouble, and and I don't want to ruin a good. This is a cool. It's thing. a great system. I don't even <laughs> want to name the state. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna name the state. No, it's no. a good call. Well, it's similar to what we heard a lot of people do at that. Uh, I think wasn't it the Denver show that we yeah. did a long time ago, and uh, they wouldn't let people in with their knives. Yeah, and so everybody started stashing knives, and they'd go to a rock or was it a down down spout? People were putting. The guy goes to put <laughs> his knife in a down spout, and there's already something in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I buried one out. I was somewhere with my wife right now there, and they wouldn't let me have my knife, and I just buried it in a tree well. You know, like how they put the trees on the sidewalk. Yeah. I just buried it under the wood chips there and went and got it later. This guy says he uh he's going through TSA in an unnamed state and he's get forgets he has a he has a bench made in his pocket. And the lady says, Well go hide it. The <laughs> go hide it in the drop <laughs> yeah. ceiling. Go hide it in the drop ceiling of the bathroom. The coolest TSA agent ever. He says you. three weeks later, he's gone for three weeks, so he's departing. He's on a three-week trip, comes back three weeks later, and goes and lifts up that drop ceiling panel, and there's three knives up there. <laughs> That's like the down spout. He said, I found a knife and pulled it out. Nope, not mine, and put it back. <laughs> found another. Not mine again. And put that one back as well. Third try did the trick. I went home pleased. It seemed like early on... TSA would, uh, or no, it wasn't TSA. It was just like USPS would have like a box. Yeah. And TSA would be like, oh, right over there, there's a box. There's an envelope. Yeah. And you can very quickly mail your th- your item that you can't take with you back to yourself. But th- yeah. that's not around anymore. You know, that'd be a great idea we should look into, man, is maybe like at, side our, lo- business? at our, no, just at our local airport, mm-hmm. like a charitable thing where we have a little kiosk so you can mail your knives to yourself. That would be good. You'd get a lot of action. Clay and I were going, we're flying somewhere, I think maybe up to BC, and they, we, he had a knife you could have sword fought with in his shaving kit. <laughs> and they got that us. Does, how come that yeah. doesn't surprise me? So yeah. classic, and, right next to his coffee table book. In Fayetteville. <laughs> but it was in Fayetteville, and they let us call Missy to come pick it up. And we'd been somewhere else. They'd just confiscated it. Sure. Took us out back and shot us. Because <laughs> it was so long. Well, no, they, yeah. They'll, you know, it depends how early you are. But you always have the option to retreat and go do something with it. Or you'll run down and get in your check bags. But if they can't pull it up, you just got to mm-hmm. ditch them. Yeah, everything I was, I was now, a now, a pistol. Oh. Different different deal. Yeah, my, my buddy got, <laughs> I got a couple buddies that got in a lot of trouble over pistols. 
Yeah. I told my one buddy, I said, man, if you got a pistol in your bag that you don't know about, they should shoot you in the leg with that pistol. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you have a pistol you forgot about in your check bag? Right? Yeah. yeah he had some whole elaborate story to explain it, but I'm like, how do you lose track of he pistols? Buddy of mine flies to Vegas. All, wearing this coat that he's got on, they're getting, they're coming back through, coming back home, and then something goes off in his pocket, and he's got two twenty-two rounds in his mm. pocket, and man, it was like cavity search and everything. Yeah, else. I had to do but that. It was the same. He went out there; it was never detected when he was coming oh. back. It was in there. When and I had a shotgun shell on me, their attitude was, um, "You dumbass!" <laughs> it was like, "Now we got to do all this stuff," like, I, you know. I said, man, we were ptarmigan hunting and blah, blah, blah. And their attitude was very much, I get it. Obviously, you're not going to try to take the plane down with a shotgun shell. Right. But now we got to do all this dumb stuff. And it's really irritating that you carried that shotgun shell on here and just bear, you know, bear with us. But you're really annoying. <laughs> you're causing this paper. Yeah, work. it was kind of like, it was very much like, there was no like actual suspicion. It's like, oh, brother, now we got to go through the whole yeah. shotgun shell deal. That was at the end. That was at the end of the shift. Those folks were hot. They were trying to go home. When my buddy got, hey, when my buddy had his pistol, he winds up needing to go to court. You know, and um, he gets a very like, after everything came out, he gets a very lenient deal, and he says to his, he whispers to his lawyer, "Ask about the gun." <laughs> <laughs> he says, lawyer says, forget the gun. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting it back. Oh, man. A guy wrote a very spirited thing in about my theory on the morality and Cormac McCarthy being naive and juvenile. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> another, guy, another guy wrote in. Oh, come on, Steve. <laughs> it's just yeah. a lot. It's like I studied literature in school. I don't... It, it, he, well, no, he, his, he's rather pedestrian and short-sighted. He says, sure, some of his later, more obvious works, yes, but it's not. But my theory does not hold up to his earlier works. And then, yeah. no, no, no. That's a fair point. Um, <laughs> old-timey no. sayings, guy wrote in, because I was trying to get that saying going, a fresh set of eyes I'll always find more beans. He says, man, me and my buddy's got a lot of those. Always leave a log for the next camper. That's good. Some are dumb. Got to give a pisser some space. Mm, no. No. Um, Never judge a game by its box. <laughs> That's for people that don't read. <laughs> some I don't get. When two fur traders throw down, they get naked. You used one today I've never heard. Sometimes the sheriff's got to shoot his deputy. <laughs> That is wild. Moss is unclimbable. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say today? You said the, he had his lipstick on, which I assume lipstick is out. out. Lipstick oh, yeah. out, which you I assume is like about. Yeah, yeah, sure. I assume that's like it's people use it about dogs. About it. Yeah. yeah. You use I'd it about dogs? I assume that's like when people mostly use it about dogs. Sure, yeah. uh, I'd never heard that, though. You know what else? I, I got went, what you were saying, though. Like it, it picked up very quickly. You know what else? If I had to go to one of those things where you trip, you know, mm -hmm. to try to find out what's deep in your mind. <laughs> I remember when, having a, when I was a little boy, man, coming running in the house. We had this dog, Bobo, this rabbit dog, Bobo, coming in the house. Bobo's guts are hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Bobo. 
Oh, last thing. Then we're going to be done. This pisses me off. Oh, no. There's two things that are good. This one burns me up. Some uh, Listen, when we had Evan Felker on from Turnpike Troubadours, and we were talking about him and the Bird Hunters, which is a beloved song. It's a great song. And I'm talking with Evan Felker about the fact that he throws out that the guy's holding a Belgian-made Browning. Yep. And I said to him, as a songwriter, I like these little references. Do you worry, though, that a reference might be over people's head? And I bring up, there's a, there's a Luke Combs song where he says that the guy has a Johnson outboard. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you're saying, like, when you select that, it's, it's, the guy doesn't have a Honda outboard. That's different. It's like you're setting the scene. It's like he's got a Johnson outboard. He's an older fella. He's got an outboard that's not even made anymore. It takes a certain amount of effort to keep the old thing running. It's just a different, you know? He doesn't say he's got a four-stroke Honda. That's, like, not the guy. Right. It's this guy that's, like, loyal to his wife, right, whatever. And he's got this old-ass motor. So you're setting a, you're using a detail, setting a scene, and I was pointing out that you do that, and it might be that 60, 70, 80% of listeners don't know. To bring it back to Cormac McCarthy, Cormac McCarthy saying that someone rode ahead with the horn of fire. How many people read that and never, ever, ever know what he's talking about? Yeah, but the, the people that know... Love it. You're like, fan for life, man. Talking to me. So yep, you I, got it. Yeah, so I brought up to Evan Felker... That uh, that idea about these little details that mean a lot to a handful of people, but you run the risk of it being over people's heads. And then multiple guys write in being like, can't believe Steve didn't see the significance of a Belgian-made Browning. That's not what I was talking about. I wasn't throwing myself in with those people. I was just saying that there's a risk right. of being too esoteric. That this- I appreciate the risk taker. <laughs> Take that, Andrew. And Jan. Hey, wait a minute. Let me add my ne- <laughs> let me let me add my nephew to that list. <laughs> Matthew, my nephew Matthew, he is uh he works for ice down in uh Louisiana. For ice, like to drink? Nope. For customs. Oh. He says, I just finished <laughs> listening to Elvin Felker interview on me there. And Ronella actually gave him some crap about mentioning that Belgium made brown. Oh, I did not. No. <laughs> my old man, listen, my old man had what he always said was a Belgium made browning, and then we looked up the serial number, it was not a Belgium made browning. So where was it made? It, huh? Where was it made? It must have been I a Model remember. 11. Where'd they move him to? I don't know. It just wasn't. He always said it was Bel- It was actually my mom's dad's. It was my maternal grandfather's auto loader that somehow my dad claimed. I don't know who the hell's got it now. It's my my mom's dad's goose gun, and my dad. I said that's a Belgian made brownie. It's a Belgian made brownie. So that I mean that was twenty minutes before we started this. So I took a picture of him of you and sent it to him while you were on your computer. Said you want me to punch him. He said I think you have to. Listen, dude, <laughs> his name's not Jan, is it? No, it's Matthew. Listen, this guy, this, this right, guy's right got at the, the bottom. Steve, he even said, or uh, Andrew says, that's the great thing about music. It paints yes. a different picture for no, every. This listener. guy says right. the Belgium made Browning <laughs> reference in the song "The Bird Hunters" was to signal to those in the know. Dude, <laughs> you're playing checkers and I'm playing chess, buddy. I know. Steve doesn't play chess, though. <laughs> well, you right. know, metaphorical, or, or chess. Okay. Metaphorical. metaphorical chess. I know that. 
Sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, we must have just not done a great job explaining it in the moment. That's all it is. It's like that kind of specificity in songs exactly. that like it's grounds be... it grounds something to reality. And like even if you don't understand the reference, it kind of it still feels like I don't know more relatable and universal. John Prine did a lot of does a lot of that stuff. Uh, Chess, you ready for a chetiquette? Sure. I said I feel, we're done, but we're not done. I feel though a lot of people nowadays is, could be wrong. Don't actually really listen to the lyrics, the radio songs. They th- you could be mumbling and have a good backbeat and stuff, and it could be a number one hit. Oh, yeah. I listen to them lyrics, man. I do too. Bad. That's what I like. Bad. Listen to them. Hard. I know. I don't listen to the lyrics of a That's song until I've heard it like twenty times. I'm on like That's a music why I have to listen to it twenty yeah, times. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm on more like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, uh, what's the song uh, where he leaves to go to the bathroom and he comes back to bed? Someone's taking his place. Um, That's uh, Paul Simon. Yeah, forever. I, I I thought that she was shaking his coffin daily, and then Jennifer's like, "What are you saying?" No, he's shaking his confidence. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shaking right. his coffin daily. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big lyric guy, man. You know, I, I've talked about this before, but I haven't talked about it for years, so I could talk about it again. I once read that, uh, remember when Diamond Dave left Van Halen? No. I don't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they brought in, uh, and they brought in Sammy Hagar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not not the dog on Sammy, but it was a horrible. Like the same, yeah. So Van Halen, Diamond Dave left Van Halen. And actually, went on to become an EMT. I don't know if you knew that. No, yeah, he no, became I an didn't. ambulance guy just because he wanted to serve people a little bit better. So this leads to one of my favorite quotes of all time, too. Anyways, when so Van Halen ditched uh, Diamond Dave. What was his last name? Too much. Blanking on it. Good gosh. People are screaming at their David stereo. Lee, David right now. Lee Roth. Yes. Yeah. Van Halen ditched Diamond David Lee Roth and hired Hagar. And then later, Hagar got fired from Van Halen. So I remember I was listening to Howard Stern, and Howard Stern was interviewing Diamond Dave about Hagar's departure from Van Halen. And Diamond Dave said, You know, the sun's going to shine again for Sammy. He's got that beautiful place in Hawaii, he's got his family. And Diamond Dave says, but what do I know about losing a high-profile career? <laughs> but Hagar supposedly would get his lyrics by misunderstanding other lyrics. And then he'd find out what they were actually saying, and he would just make his lyrics what he thought they were saying, which is a great move. But I don't, and I said this before, I don't know how that leads to I Can't Drive 55. <laughs> yeah, where'd that come from? Or Mas Tequila. But still. Last one. Oh, no, two ones. Ch- uh, Chester, here's a chetiquette for you. Ready for this? Uh, I haven't read it, but yep. Well, I'm going to read it to you. I work with a guy who owns a crap load of land. That's like a hectare. <laughs> Huge hunter. Last night, a friend of his asked him if he can bring his 12-year-old grandson out to kill a doe. No bucks, just looking for a doe for his first year guy says no problem sends him to a blind confirms does only even says he can shoot a couple does just don't shoot the bucks kid kills the biggest buck on the farm mm. 
what would you do? I would. I would definitely. Uh, oh man, that's tough. I would. I would. I'd let the kid know that he messed up and he can never hunt here again. I mean, it's. Well, the kid or the grandpa? Uh, I mean, both. How old is the kid? The kid 12, needs a lesson. 12, 12 years old. I'd leave the kid out of it. Oh, yep. Well. That's a grandpa's problem. I don't know. I mean, the sure, could be. It's a grandpa's problem. Yeah. I have a 12-year-old. Well, I had one a year ago, and I'll have yeah. one in a year. Gotcha. It's a grandpa's problem. <laughs> yeah. They don't know. Little kids. Yeah, but. I it's mean, the grandpa's who, problem. How old's your kid? He's way too young to hunt or talk. Well, how old is he? <laughs> He's uh, a year. Okay, in 11 years, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, but what if the, the kid... The problem. So, I would have certainly had a conversation with my 12-year-old daughter about what the parameters were about the hunt that we were getting into. I'm not saying I'm going to like be like, damn it, girl, you fucked up. No, like, I'm not going to do that. But, I mean, obviously, like beforehand, oh, listen, you had a conversation about what you were going to go talk, there and do. Someone needs to talk to that, kids. It's the grandpa's problem. It's not that kid's problem. Yeah, I 100% you agree. You send your kid to school with some drugs, and then tell me who gets in trouble. You or the kid? I don't think that's a good analogy. No. <laughs> I mean, you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think, I think there needs to, it's the grandpa's problem and the kid's problem, too. Like, the kid pulled the trigger. I, we don't know the story. How much pressure was there from the grandfather to yeah, like, shoot that buck? The kid could have really wanted to shoot a buck. I remember when I was 12 years old, like, I wanted to shoot things, man. Mm -hmm. Like, a big buck? Holy cow. Yeah, the I context would, is not there. I mean, did he wake Grandpa up? Yeah, did the, the Grandpa gun? not see Boom. that the gun was trained on a yeah, buck? You, yeah, you got one? Oh, my gosh. Nice. So, I think it, there needs to be a swift talking to both of these fellas that they messed up i wouldn't i wouldn't let them take the deer um really no Whoa. because you gave him permission to hunt hard chetiquette right there man you can tell he didn't sleep all night <laughs> dude you're you're a nice guy you're letting him hunt your property you can say shoot as many does as you want but please don't shoot a big buck and then the guys come shoot a big buck they don't get to hunt the place again you take the buck and you let them know they messed up mm-hmm Boom, boom. Mm -hmm. the it's like, oh, it's fine. You guys shot a g the biggest buck on the property, you know. Come back whenever. Shoot those. <laughs> Come back at night yeah. when I'm asleep. <laughs> okay, there's one more. It's about stream access law. This is a good one. As we are aware, Mon this is someone writing in. As we are aware, Montana stream access law is below historic high water level. It's, it's, you're you're kind of right. Mean high water. And if you stay below that, you are free to wander. Not free. He says free to wander. He's free to wander. <laughs> Meaning, on a nav in Montana, just for you listeners not in the state of Montana, which is the vast majority of you, if you're in Montana and you're on what's regarded as a navigable stream, so that there's a history of navigation on that waterway, you can walk below the average high water mark. Meaning, if it's in a drought, you might be walking across dry ground, but you kind of stand down on the gravel bars and, you know, below the bank. Yeah. If anybody, you know, pays attention to it, you can see where that high water mark is. There's, there's usually a brush line from yep. high water. You stay below that. You stay on the rocks. Easy to tell. If you're walking on a, um, if you're walking on a, a 
within our if you're stepping on a cottonwood tree root you're probably not in the uh, you're you're above it sometimes on a gravel bar you're probably below it sometimes those cottonwood roots though however go underneath in yeah that wasn't a good one but you follow me yeah it's a bunch of i don't know you know but you're good if you're up in the grass if you're up in the grass you're probably out of it if you're down in the gravel bar and little you know willow patches all full of sediment and and uh you can see where uh, spring runoff is blowing all kinds of brush and trees around. You're walking down an area, you're good. So this is a common thing. He climbs in the river channel on at a public access. He climbs in the river channel at a bridge. Walks through private ground using stream access to access public. And he's scouting for deer. Finds some good sign of deer and he says, sweet. I'm going to get to this public by walking the public access. Game warden says. There's some legality. Yep. Can't do that. You have to be fishing. You can't use, you can't use the stream access law to get to. Hunting ground. Hunting ground. Yep. I've heard some gray area stuff with this. Yep. Different wardens interpret it different ways, but let me tell you the fail safe way to do it. Make a couple casts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make a couple casts on your way in. Make a couple casts on your way out. Yeah, you have a fishing rod with you. And you have a ac- yeah. You have right of access. And, to and fish. I I have done this uh, a lot actually, but it it's actually a fishing trip too. Like I'll fish my way into a spot, camp, hunt, and fish my way out the next day. I've talked to a game warden about this, and he, where he winds up having trouble with people is they'll do that, and they'll get into a position where he's like, there is no way they're retrieving that game. Because they run onto private? He's just like, so you're or telling you me, mean? and I want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing, you're going to get that in the water there and drag that deer back up this river. Oh, well, I'm flo- why, why wouldn't you just quarter it and walk it out? Well, that well, that's that's his. He, he, that's yeah. just what he expressed to me. He clarifies with someone. I just want to be clear. This is the plan. Yeah. When you get one, yeah, you're going to come you're in the way just, you got out of you're there. You're not going to trespass the whole way back to the truck. Yeah, and that's his. Well, that's his deal. And he says, "I now and they'll see someone that like they don't have any. Uh, they haven't thought through how they're going to do this, and that's what I clarify." There's them. there's also the same deal with floating because some of these spots you can float in and technically you have to be fishing too even when you're floating to access the ground the ground you yep. is what i've because your fishing trip turned into a hunting trip fish your way down and then be like oh wow i'm gonna go up there and hunt for a minute so there's no law you can't like is it you're not limited to archery equipment or something while you're fishing. Nothing to do with that, no. You just got to have a Snoopy rod, take a couple casts. Roger that. I mean, a lo- lot of areas, some areas in these things are uh, like weapons restricted. So you have to be careful with that. But but that's not, but that's different thing. That's totally unrelated. All right. Tales from the tour bus. Right here. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Brent, thanks for coming out. How's things, how's things going with your show? Oh, really good. Really good. It's. It's been such a joy. I get a lot of I get a lot of feedback from folks, and just everybody's enjoying it. Met a guy walked in the door up here. Some guy that works here. He's from originally from Mississippi, and he's up here working at the 
Is it the Folly Theater? The venue for tonight? Mm-hmm. The venue and he's for a This Country Life fan? I always say he loves it. So he never misses it. So, ah, congratulations. Good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, it is good to hear. Thank you for the platform. It's, it's a lot of fun. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a good whatever. Get a trip. Get a get a tape measure. <laughs> keep it with your trail. Keep it in your trail cam bag. That would come in handy with that hog. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site, or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping.